Hour, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Now dribbles into the paint, dumps a pass into DeSue, banks it high off the glass for two. Dillon with eight, Texas up four, 25-21 Longhorns, 2.40 remaining first half. Now double-team, Dillon's got to get rid of it, rifles a pass, out to Carr, long range three, off the back iron, no good. DeSue, an offensive rebound, back up with the right hand, and he rattles it in. Dillon DeSue with 10 points in the first half, Texas its largest lead in the half, up six at 27-21. Bounce pass, goes to Cunningham, left side, works it to DeSue. Dillon draws a trap, a double team, looking, needs help, locates Carr out between the circles. Ten on the shot clock, inside a minute to go in the half. Carr lobbing it. DeSue wants it again in the lane, has it again in the lane. Twelve first half points for Dillon. Texas up six with 40 seconds remaining in the half. Marcus Carr on the dribble, down to 12 seconds. Texas with the ball up six. Carr, eight remaining in the half. Marcus still on the dribble, down to five. To the right side is Carr, four seconds, three. Carr backs it out, long range jumper, good! Marcus had it all along, right? He knew, just gonna dribble out the clock and nail an 18-footer to close out the first half and give Texas a six-point lead going into the locker room. The left side, Mitchell, bounce pass to DeSue. Now a trap comes, Dylan dribbles away from it, picks it up to Allen, cutting in the middle, had his shot rejected, but DeSue got it back. In the paint now, going around Jai to score off the glass. Longhorns inbound the ball, Marcus Carr driving baseline, goes reverse, I missed it, tip in Christian Bishop. He had just checked in, and Bishop tips in the car miss. Now to Bishop, left block, working against Andrew Funk, puts the ball on the floor, across the floor, Hunter in the corner. Carr, shot fake on the three, drives into the paint, spins, turns around, needs a target, fadeaway jumper, good from 13. Here's Carr, out to Morris in the corner. Rice, a three-pointer, good! There you go! So much for 0 for 11 beyond the arc. Jabari Rice hits the first Texas three of the night, and the Longhorns lead by seven. Longhorns inbound the ball. Down three, 58-55 to suit. Big jump stop in the lane, and he floats it in. Boy, excellent bucket. Dylan with 20. Longhorns back within a point now. 58-57. Penn State with the ball. 425 to play in the ball game. Out to Rice. Holds it on the right side. Looking toward DeSue, feeds him with a pass, working on Miles Dredd. In the paint, DeSue will shoot, 12-footer good! Dillon knocks it down, Longhorns are back in front, 59-58. 12 on the shot clock, here's Carr, top of the arc, sends it to DeSue, puts up one more, good! The man of the match tonight, Dillon DeSue with 26 points! Texas up seven, 50 seconds to go, 65-58. Jabari trapped, got rid of it to Allen. Two on one as he brings it down, passes it to DeSue, off the glass for two! State pressed. The Longhorns made them pay for it. Texas up seven, 67 to 60. Penn State inbound, 4.1 to go. Inbounded to Funk. He'll fire from almost midcourt. No good. Make way for Kansas City. The Texas Longhorns have beaten the Penn State Nittany Lions in the second round of the NCAA tournaments. And for the first time in 15. 15-
16 years. The Texas Longhorns are headed to the Sweet 16. Final score, Texas 71, Penn State 66. Indeed, for the Longhorn basketball team, a very sweet moment. Yes, pun intended. And the Longhorns are indeed headed back to Kansas City and the NCAA Midwest Regional Semifinals on Friday night. More commonly known to all of us as the Sweet 16. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Pleased, as always, to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. Where he proudly wore the purple and white number 79. They knew him as Highway 79 in his days as an honorable mention, all-district offensive lineman for the Florence Buffaloes. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That's Jeff Howe. I was on the basketball team, too. You were? Were you all-district honorable mention, all-district on basketball? No, unless they gave all-district awards for guy that just had to go in and use up as as many fouls as possible and grab the occasional rebound. No. I was not all district. You know, like 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 how TCU would just like, the running guys that drew Timmy and waves last night. I was night. like, uh, I gotta put this. I was more like the 2019 version of Brock Cunningham, not the 2023 <laughs> version. How about that? And and aren't Texas fans happy for the 2023 <laughs> edition? No doubt about that. Our producer, as always, our man behind the glass, fresh from a wedding over the week. Not his. He attended one on Saturday, and that's Cameron Parker there. So. uh how did the uh, nuptials roll out on Saturday evening? How was that for you? It was great. Um, it was a fun night. After party was when Texas was in the middle of their game, so I found out they were actually losing by a one point. A friend came inside, yeah, and he was like, he was like, down three or down one, three minutes to go, and I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like Texas, like oh. Someone pulled up their March Madness app, put the game on. There was like five guys huddled around one phone. And that's when Texas went on that 7-0 run. Not saying that's why, but, you know, I mean, who could really say, guys? But it, it was a good weekend. That was a 10-0 run, it, sir. Well, because at the time that he got the word, the Sioux's basket had cut it back to mm-hmm. a one-point. They were actually down three because of the 10-0 Penn State run at 58-55. So when you found out the Sioux had already hit to cut it to one, and then they went on the run from there. So, so in other words, the scene at the wedding that you were at was similar to the uh, mayhem guy in Allstate where he's knocking over all the stuff like that because he's interested in the football game going Pretty on. Much. Was it kind of like that? Pretty much, Okay, yeah. okay. All right. Didn't accelerate any um, nuptial thoughts from your personal perspective, no. did it? No, actually, I'm, I'm the farther away now. Did you take, did you take it further yeah, away from me it? Further away. Did you take a lady friend, Cameron? Did not. Did, okay. did not. Did the night end well? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Texas won, so that's so all. There you go. Well, that's not say. exactly what I was asking, but okay. I'll oh, okay. I see what you're asking. But the, the the evening ended well, so that's all that matters. I mean, for him, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Where are we at on? Woke up at such a friend's ma- couch. Such matters. Woke up at my my friend's married couple's couch at eight in the morning on Sunday. All right, we'll call it thumbs in the middle. But when when you say you woke up on the married friends, they were in couch. there in their their bedroom. The newlywed couple? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. Okay. All Never right. do that to them. Okay. All right. I'm just just saying because you know I, I didn't know I didn't wasn't gonna say. But anyway, so um, so it was a good weekend all the way around. 
Uh, Longhorn Baseball now has won 10 straight, won yesterday's contest over New Orleans. They've swept the three-game series for the Privateers. They have one more non-conference game on this homestand before they open Big 12 play. Tomorrow night, Texas will play Incarnate Word, and then Texas Tech in town. And the Red Raiders coming in smoking hot. They blew out 13th-ranked Oklahoma State in their two wins of the Cowboys in Stillwater over the weekend. So impressive start uh, for the Red Raiders, and that's who will be coming to town to take on the Longhorns this coming weekend. Texas softball took 4-5 on the road down in Tampa, and uh, including winning yesterday over South Florida. So uh, they're 26-5-1 and now. And then there's the basketball game tonight. Well, before that, yes. spring ball gets back started this week. We get a media viewing window. We're scheduled to get one tomorrow. All right. Come back on the practice Come field. Up. Yep. Yeah, they get back at it after being out for spring break. I wonder if today's the day that uh, Tory Beckton and his crew get to find out who did what over spring break. The old, the old return from spring break right, right, conditioning right. Yeah. segment. Yeah, yeah. How, you know, where'd you go? How'd you do? What'd you do? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Did you just? I remember Mac Brown always talked about when it, I'd be in some of those uh, huddles during spring practice. I'd be out there on the field when he had the team in the huddle, and he would say. Okay, you know, make sure go out have a great spring break, not too great. You know, <laughs> don't eat yourself out of condition. Then we got to work to get you all back in shape again. That kind of deal. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Well, that and did you, if if you're of age, did how many uh, adult beverages did you partake? Yeah, yeah, in? yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. that as well. Yeah, there was. Today's the day to uh, we'll call it the a uh, cleanse the system day for the long. Is that what today. you're having to go through? Uh, Today, uh, Cam, uh, cleanse the system kind of day, or at least yesterday. No, Sunday had to be that day, right? Right. No, I felt pretty good all weekend. Did you really? I mean, I definitely mixed way too much on Saturday night, but I, okay. I put myself through it before in college. So you know, man, I'll tell you what the uh, these and these later games are gonna are gonna end up killing me. So I I, I think Saturday night after the game slash Sunday morning when I was supposed to wake up to get to the airport, I think I got about forty five minutes of sleep, mm-hmm. and I. I was trying. I, I attempted to watch Baylor and Creighton last night, and fell asleep with like my empty dinner plate on my <laughs> chest. And <laughs> wife was like, "You need to go to bed." And I'm, I'm. She said I mumbled something about TCU Gonzaga. She's like, "No, you need to go to bed." Um, so I, was, I was in bed by what, like eight fifteen last night. I had a, I had a couple little moments like that, but. Uh, of course, I flew back with the team, and, I've, and I'll have something to share with about that. Uh, landed uh, around 2.15 a.m. Uh, then, of course, you ride back over to campus with the team on the bus and then get your bags, roll it over to the Trinity Garage where you park, and then drive home. So I got home, I think, about 3.25. And, uh, you know, so I was down and probably out by 4 a.m. and back up about 8.30 to get ready for baseball yesterday. You, you got you got home about the time I was waking up from a nap to go to the airport. There you go. There you go. What time was your flight yesterday? So it was supposed to be at 6 o'clock. Oh, the first train out of Des Moines. I know that one. But an airline that she'll be remain name that she'll remain nameless. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh Decided to bump me off of that flight. They bumped you off of. Well, and, that's what you get for not flying them regularly. You leave yeah. yourself open. That that's happened to me with that other major airline. And they wanted to put me on a flight home at seven twenty three. I said, "Well, the flight to Dallas to Austin leaves at seven. They said, "Oh no, this is seven twenty three p.m." Oh. And I said, "And." In a way that's not fit to repeat on yeah. air. I said, yeah, 
That doesn't, doesn't work. work. Doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, so they got me on the seven a.m. to Dallas, and then on to okay to ABIA. Okay, all right. So that's good. Um, so uh, so yeah. Then there was baseball, and then there's yeah uh, the uh, the quick turnaround into this morning. Uh, but there's basketball tonight. This is where Cameron's other duty comes in because he'll be engineering. You said duty. for us, uh, and uh, uh, that'll be tonight. As the Texas women try to do what the men did and get to the Sweet 16. In the case of the Texas women, it'd be for the third straight year to go to the Sweet 16. Longhorns in action against Louisville this evening at Moody Center. It will be the final basketball game of any kind played this season at Moody Center. So uh, it's a 6 o'clock tip-off. There are tickets uh, still available for that. In terms of college basketball, we've still got yes, yes. a little NBA action. Yes, yes, that's right. Spurs are coming into town uh, early next month. So it's a final uh, – I, I was more thinking about the final Longhorn game, but you're right, final yeah. college game. And um, and uh, we'll have it for you. We'll broadcast it for you on uh, 105.3 The Bat, 545 airtime and a 6 o'clock tip. And there are, like I said, there's tickets still available uh, for that one. Uh, they, they, it was highlighted by Shaley Gonzalez, slim to her teammates, uh, scoring her 2000th career point. Most of those, of course, accumulated while she was a BYU Cougar and, uh, Taylor Jones getting her 1000th career point. Most of those accumulated when she was in Oregon state Beaver, when she played, uh, there in Corvallis, but, uh, they played Louisville, a team that beat Texas way on back in November, pre Thanksgiving at the bad boy mowers. Uh, uh, um, what's the name of that? Battle for Atlantis. Battle for Atlantis. They lost that game there. Texas did not have Rory Harmon that day. I like the how they do that, the number four on that also. Battle four, yeah. Um, so, anyway, they, they lost that contest. And uh, they'll uh, – but but they'll have the rematch with Louisville. Four seed, five seed, six o'clock tonight. For the right to move on and play, not Stanford – the number one seed beaten on its home floor last night by Ole Miss, 54-49. So a little door opening there for the Texas women. I mean, Ole Miss really good and quick, but not having to face Stanford, I think, is a plus if the Longhorn women can get the win do tonight. The, do the Ole Miss women's athletic programs, do they go with Rebels or do they go with like some offshoot of Rebels? I think it's Rebels. Okay. I, I just don't. Well, there might be Lady Rebels, but I'll because you know, like that. the like Texas ditched the Lady Longhorns years ago, a long time ago. So yep. it's just universal yeah. Longhorns. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so they they will uh, play Louisville tonight. If they win, it'll be Ole Miss that they face in Seattle on uh, Friday night. All right. So uh, that's kind of the overview uh, for that. Uh, female listener six uh, with a very valid question says, why on earth did Rice wear different shoes in the first half on Saturday? By different shoes, she means different color shoes. That's a thing now. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't the only one wearing those. Not the first time that's happened this season. No. I think, was it Timmy Allen? There was a, no, Marcus Carr Mm -hmm. wore different color shoes, left shoe and right shoe, and two players for Penn State were doing it. Uh, I've seen it with other teams. That's a thing now. I've seen guys do it on the Texas team yeah. this year before, too. I want to say Arterio Morris might have done it for one game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, my head, in my head, that sounds right. It might not. Be. Yeah. Uh, Jim from Lago Vista said, can someone do some psychoanalysis on me and find out why I had Marquette to win it all? Am I really crazy? No. No. It's the madness of March. It was a very, very – I mean, it was a tough matchup against, uh, you know, Tom Izzo's 
tough and hardened Michigan State team. Listen, I had Arizona in the Final Four. They go out in round one to Princeton, okay? <laughs> I had Arizona going there. That was a mistake. Ooh, that almost sounded like Bill Walton. I had Arizona from the Conference of Champions. Now you're down to UCLA. It's a watershed moment for the Bruin program. You know, the, um, so, no, Jim, you don't need any psychoanalysis on that. You know what, though? Michigan State, once they got uh, once they got Malik Hall back from the injury, mm-hmm. they didn't have him. They had him for Gonzaga and then lost him right after that. I mean, it might have been in the Champions Classic when he got, when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back that far. Um, no, he didn't get hurt because he played the whole Kentucky game Any, when they beat Kentucky anyway. Yeah. They're a completely different team when he's up running 100%. He's one of those guys that is on that handful of list of best players left in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. Don't feel bad, Jim Lago Vista. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no worries on that. Uh, Plus, I mean, everybody's like, well, oh, I mean, Duke and Carolina and Kansas and Kentucky, none of them are in the Sweet 16. I'm like, well, you can thank Mick Cronin and Tom Izzo for keeping, you know, some college basketball blue blood in the Sweet 16. All right, uh, somebody, uh, two people said, no, he had, uh, Jabari had black shoes in the first half, then went to the blue and orange, and there was like some green in there. He did, but Marcus Carr had the multicolor shoes uh, the whole ball game in that. I don't know, maybe that was Guy, a field Guys thing. will just, uh, we heard, uh, you know, when we had Rob Lazar on last week, Rob's yep. even said, I mean, guys will have multiple pairs of shoes. Of and gamers. Some, and some guys will try, I mean, you see it in, in multiple sports, right? Yep. Like you see with football guys do it like maybe there's certain pair of cleats you try and it doesn't work you like the feel of these other ones better you make your adjustment and i've heard i've heard equipment guys over the years talk about guys will have you know the soles getting worn out and mm-hmm. things might be getting ready to poke through the sides but no guys like that parachute they're going to stick with them it's kind of like a, an infielder with a glove that mm-hmm. just kind of old and worn down at and some stuff. point mizuno or whoever the glove company's gonna be like dude we can't save this thing anymore I think yeah it's, uh, it's, time, it's time, time to upgrade yeah no more no more threads and pins to kind of hold it together uh at, at that point so yeah it's just a personal thing speaking of rob lazar the uh texas basketball equipment manager of course we visited with him last week and Rob had gotten a box truck to carry to drive everything up to Des Moines because of the NCAA regulations on stuff that you could fly on the charter, and so he was carrying everything up. Uh, he was on the phone with us shortly after that. The truck broke down near Denton, so they had to get another box truck. So they did moved everything over, got to Kansas City late that night, and got on in. After the game Saturday night, for those who were listening to the, uh, to our broadcast, they might have heard a little bit different ending. To the broadcast, like they heard, they heard our interviews, which you're going to hear with uh, Rodney Terry and, and Timmy Allen. They're very brief because they're right in the middle of wild celebration on the floor. Timmy, in fact, had this primal scream at the end of the deal. We left it in there so you can hear him. He's saying "Sweet 16, but it just kind of comes out as a guttural bellow at the end of it. Um, but and so we did that and had and had recap, and then we carried the news conferences. And when that was done. Eddie Warren and I had to sprint to get to the buses on time to go to the airport. So our studio anchor, Mike Holter, finished the broadcast from the studio. He did his two scoreboard studio segments, and he recapped the stats. That's the only thing different that that I would have done had I still been there would have been a stat segment. He handled that. Everything else we brought to you, the interviews, the press conference, stuff like that. So it was a, it was a mad scramble to, uh, to get over there. Uh, in time to do that but that was you know that was uh part of it 
All right, female listener number six, not letting this one go. You're missing the point. He has worn the blue-orange for a long time. The black was different than what he usually did. Female listener number six, you're missing the point. It's a comfort thing. He didn't feel comfortable with it. He went back and he changed. That's the point. That's why he changed. He wasn't comfortable in those shoes. I talked to Jabari about a lot of things in the last week. His (laughs) shoes have not come up for discussion. It's a comfort thing with these guys. It always has been. So that's what I was saying uh, about Rob Lazar carrying all those shoes up there. And then when we scrambled to the bus, we had to get the equipment case, the broadcast equipment case, and kudos to David Garrett, our engineer. He got everything packed up hurriedly, and we got it on the truck just in time to get on the bus, just in time to head to the airport. Sometimes guys will try a new pair and realize that they just don't like it or for whatever reason want to change, and they'll go back to the other one. Some guys have practice, you have practice shoes, you have game shoes. So I don't know. It's all... Yeah. It's various reasons. Screen, screenwriter said Timmy Allen was wearing pink shoes I, for some I reason. Don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe he does that as a tribute to his mom. Yep, that is. I think I think was there. A, oh man, because he hasn't done it all year. I want to say was it the coaches versus cancer weekend? Maybe yes. that he wore them the first time, and I yep. think he's worn them every game since, or if not, pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah, um, I like Ike said maybe it's a Lago Vista thing. I had Marquette in the championship as well. Somebody else said I wanted to believe in Shaka so much, but I couldn't put him past the second round. He's the Bob Stoops of basketball coaching. Shaka cannot win the big games anymore like he did at, I guess that's VCU. He wrote Vic, but I, I guess you meant VCU. Okay. Um, so somebody else going to attend my first ever women's game with my wife tonight. We're excited. Good. Sweet. Good on you. And you should have, uh, you know, uh, the, there's not a bad seat in the house in the place, so you should have a good view of everything. Uh, tonight, you know what we should do, Craig? Right now, we should we should let's go ahead and hit the break because I want to make sure we got enough time for the notebook because I've got some things from the game I want to get to. We're not we're not going to look ahead to Xavier yet. We'll we'll get to Xavier later. In the oh week, yeah, yeah. We, there's plenty to talk to. And by the way, it's pronounced Xavier. It's not Xavier. Like, it's Xavier. Like Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. It's former Xavier. Sonics great. Yes. The Speaking X-Man. of former greats. Uh, saw him multiple times over the weekend. Former Maverick great Jim Jackson was on my flight going home. Jim and I talked at the at, at the open practice because I went to see Brian Anderson, our mm-hmm. old friend and uh, native of Georgetown, who was on the uh, play-by-play call. And he said, Craig, do you know Jim? And he looked at me. He goes, you look familiar. And I said, ah, I was in Dallas covering you when you played for the Mavericks. He goes, that's right. He goes, you used to work with my friend Coop. I said, that's right, Chuck Cooperstein. <laughs> so we, we had a chat for a few minutes. But, did you ask yeah. him about the Tony Braxton thing? No, did not. Didn't okay. get to that point. Right. Things got a little busy, so I couldn't get turns to that out, point. Turns out that thing was apparently a hoax. It was a ruse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a popular still rumor. doesn't change the fact that the Popular Maver- rumor, but a rumor the, the nonetheless. Maver- the Mavericks broke up short, shortly after that. Yes, yeah. Non-incident incident took place. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. All right. Coming up, uh, we'll. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot to come on the notebook. We're going to hear from Rodney Terry. Uh, we're going to hear from Timmy Allen. Uh, Jeff's got his own uh, view and notes on it as well. We're going to get to all of that. We do have inconceivable this hour, and uh, and um, you know certainly our thanks uh, to. Uh, Cam Park, our producer, he put together that highlight montage. Once more, our man who was at the switch on Saturday night, Jacob Mendoza, compiled a Dylan DeSue highlight montage that you'll hear next hour. Uh, But we got all that and more coming up. We've got some NFL news and notes and uh, Longhorn football. Give you a little. It's been a minute since we've had tangible stuff to talk about. So just a a little, we'll call it a spring football reset. There you go. Much to discuss here on Light the Tower on the Horn. 
1019. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Monday morning, lead is not dead. At least not in the mind of our producer, Cam Parker. Classic Led Zeppelin there for you on a Monday morning. Here on Light the Tower, on the horn, Craig Way and Jeff Howell alongside as well. More about the shoes. Somebody else say uh, Jabari Rice was wearing brown shoes in the first half, then wore the mix match in the second half. I think that's what she meant. We got that. We we said that. Can we talk about something other than Jabari's <laughs> shoes? We were just saying that he did it as a comfort reason. That's why he did it. So there you go. Uh, somebody said, when Texas wins on Friday night, is there time set for the game Sunday, or is that decided later? It is always decided by uh, CBS, Turner CBS later because they want to see who advances in the games Thursday and Friday. So they won't make that call until Friday night after or near the end of, say, the Texas game, which will be the last game played on Friday night of the four that will be played on Friday. Shout out to the parent company, Paramount. Thanks for keeping me employed. <laughs> and keeping the rest of us in suspense <laughs> waiting on that uh, waiting on that start time. But I get what you're saying there. Uh, okay. Somebody else headed to the women's game tonight. Good to hear that. So um, uh, that's, that's where that was. J-Dub asking any uh, early attendance numbers for the game. Now, NCAA does not release those until after the attendance. Remember, the NCAA runs this event uh, there at Moody. University of Texas did not, so they don't uh, keep track of that event unless it's a sellout, and that's when it's announced. But it's not, and there are tickets available for that one. All right, uh, let's uh, move forward to our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff that? Howe's <laughs> Longhorn Notebook. Heard that last part. <laughs> <laughs> it's her Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan 10-day approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, a person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee a reality. Check her out online at bowersockteam.com. Dot com. Okay. Before we do anything else, Craig, since we've gotten about 10 or so texts on the Specs text line, can you reiterate how the audio stream for the NCAA tournament works? Um, yeah. Just basically, um, once you get into the NCAA tournament, and this is another example of uh, what I just, like I just said about how they run the tournament, uh, the NCAA holds all radio broadcast rights, including streaming rights, regular radio broadcast rights and streaming rights. Uh, Learfield, of course, is the networking broadcast rights holder for the University of Texas, but they have to pay rights fees to the NCAA to be able to broadcast the games. Now, here's the weird thing about that. Uh, The uh, Longhorn Radio Network from Learfield has to pay broadcast rights to Learfield. 
<laughs> the parent company, because it's the parent company uh, that owns that through Westwood One, which subcontracts. It's actually Westwood One. They subcontract it through Learfield. And when it comes to the streaming, all streaming that you're normally accustomed to listening to online at texasports.com is not allowed. All streaming rights go to Westwood One and then a subcontract through Learfield. What Learfield was able to do with uh, with the approval of Westwood One and the NCA was to offer one additional streaming outlet for the home team broadcast, and that's through the Varsity Sports app. So you're not going to be able to hear it through the Texas Longhorns app. You're not going to be able to hear it online at texasports.com. Um, the only way that you can hear the Longhorn Radio Network broadcast is obviously right here in the best place to listen to it, on the horn, on 104.9. Yeah, we've had Stoner and a couple other folks say it was easy to download the Varsity app and they were able to listen to the game. That's so. how you can do it. So that's that's just the way it is. That's It's a, it's a rights-holding thing. That happens sometimes in bowl games, depending on the bowl games as well. Uh, we're the national scene. And I know it sounds a little crazy. It's like one one group has been able to stream it all season long, and then you get to that and the rights revert. Because during the season, especially you know the home games and all that and the conference agreements, you set that up. But the conference doesn't control any of the postseason. It's the NCAA's postseason tournament. It's their party. They get to decide the rules on that deal. Right. So that's that's hopefully that – Clears it up for some folks uh, on that. Hopefully, you can listen to us on the horn on 104.9. And and by the way, that means that the baseball game Friday night at UFCU Dishfalk Field uh, against uh, against Texas Tech will be heard on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. 101.9 FM and AM 1260 Friday night baseball game at seven o'clock. That's a seven o'clock first pitch on Friday night. And uh, that's that's going to be the case with that. And the basketball game will be on 104.9 as well as on Coke FM on 98.5 and 99.3 FM. Okay, all of that done, Longhorns with the win, all of the excitement afterwards, clearly, with uh, what, what they did in getting the victory. And we had a couple of quick conversations during all the – uh, the the celebration and the melee that's on the floor and everybody jumping around and hugging one another and and, and uh, really cool moments and stuff. Timmy Allen comes running over to us and we put a headset on him, but we could only hold him for a little over a minute because he had to get right back into the celebration. But this was our conversation with Timmy. Ta, uh, I know this is uh, a dream for this team and the dream is still going and you got more. But uh, tell us a little bit about. The 10-0 run, you guys had to dig down after they got the three-point lead with the 10-0 run. What was set in the timeout, and what did the guys do to turn this thing around? Um, we knew we had to get back to getting stops. And they got a couple buckets there. But we're, we're built for this. We played in too many close games all year. Um, I think the Big 12, our grit, our toughness, our togetherness has brought us to this point. Um, I don't think it's anything, anything different than we've done. It's been the same thing every week, every day, every practice, and that's why we're here, and we deserve it. I'm going to let you go celebrate. I appreciate Sweet it. Sweet 16! Uh, yeah, it, 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 it kind of blew out our eardrums. Very, Sweet 16 is what he was saying there. I like that Rodney got a good chant from the uh, from the Texas fans leaving the floor, the contingent that was behind the bench. Absolutely. Uh, same thing for Dylan DeSue. You know, I, it's funny, your question for Timmy, that was the first question I asked RT in the postgame. I know, I know. We carried that postgame press conference and heard it, and it was also the first question that I put 
to uh, Rodney Her- Terry when RT came over to join us for the postgame interview. 10-0 run to go up three because then you, your guys responded with a 10-0 run. With a t- you know what, Craig? I just said, hey, guys, we've been here before. We've been here all year long. We played in the best league in the country. Not one position we hit but in. Let's regroup right now. We got a good comeback. We got to get a stop. Okay, we got to score. We got to get a stop, and we'll get right back where we need to get it right now. And we did exactly that. You think your guys proved something tonight when you go one for 13 from three-point range that you can win? You'd rather have the three-pointer, but you can win without it? It's a really good Penn State team, man. I'm telling you, this group here, I mean, I couldn't sleep one night because these guys can really shoot the basketball, and they were the best passing team I've seen all year. And, and Pickett, he's a pro. He's a good player. We did a great job on him by committee. And, uh, man, I'm so proud of these guys right now. We're back in the Sweet 16, Greg. <laughs> First time in 15 years. Yes, sir. Yes, Let's sir. just keep making it. That's right. Make That's it happen. Right. That's right. For your guys to, to so many veterans on this team what do you think it's going to mean to them to be able to accomplish this and i know you want more but to take that next step yeah craig i mean this group came back here to get past the, you know the first round we won the first round last year we came back here to win a national championship now it's not going to be easy we got two right now okay we know we got a long way to go in terms of in the next 40 minutes in front of us we're going to enjoy this one for the night okay but we are here to try to compete for the whole thing i almost think you could fly home without the plane tonight <laughs> we probably could no doubt about 100 percent congratulations you know? Thank you, Greg. Appreciate uh, you, buddy. Uh, uh, so that's what it was in all the excitement he had just like moments before when he came over to us uh had been lifted off the floor by chris ogden <laughs> kind of bear hugged him th- there uh, but that was, it, it, like you said, that was your first question. Yeah. Right out of the gate, the first question in the postgame press conference to Rodney. It was my first question to Timmy Allen. It was my first question to Rodney. It's the obvious first question. What was said after the 10-0 Penn State run gave them the 58-55 lead there there as time is running down in the ballgame? What was said? And he just settled everybody down and got them recentered again. Because, you know, the, the ball that, uh, that Timmy threw away, that where yeah. Seth Lundy gets the layup to put them up three, that was the first time I was like, okay, they're not panicking, but this is the this is the first time in a long time I've seen them make a decision like that mm-hmm. in a critical spot. The guy that I want to point out though, and and anytime you talk to any anybody tied to this team, you know whether it's at the podium or just talking to guys one on one, they always tell you, hey, look, our success starts with what we do on defense. Sure, and that's a culture thing of getting guys to lock in, and these guys buying it. I'll, I'll give you a great example. Arter- talking to Arterio Morris mm-hmm. this week. And because everybody that I've talked to about Arterio Morris says the main area where he's grown is as a defender. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll be honest, he said, when I got to campus, I hated defense. I didn't want to play defense. I didn't think I had to because in high school, I just had the ball in my hands all the time. I just wanted to score. He said, now I love defending, and I feel like I can guard the other team's best player. And at times he had to pick up Jalen Pickett yeah. when he was out there, and and that's that's a culture thing. But the guy that I want to highlight when you get these stops, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run down this sequence, Craig, because I yeah. just think it's so impressive. Sure. So they go up by three. Texas calls a timeout. You come right back to the Sioux. He gets a bucket. Cameron Winter and Marcus Carr trade turnovers. Then you get an Andrew Funk miss three. Big defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter and a Sioux bucket. Next possession for Penn State. Funk misses a three, big defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter. DeSue gets a bucket at the other end. Uh, then you have Penn State calls a timeout. You get the Miles Dredd backcourt uh, backcourt violation. Turnover, Marcus Carr gets the layup at the other end off the window. Uh, and then you've got uh, another big defensive rebound to Miles Dredd, missed three, defensive rebound by Tyrese Hunter. DeSue gets a bucket at the other end. Tyrese Hunter as a rebounder, and I think he's 
starting to show it because now when you look at the box score, the numbers are there. I've said it all year, Craig. I think for a guard, he was one of the more underrated rebounding guards in the Big 12 because I think he's averaging – Two point nine, right around three boards a game, so nothing that just jumps out at you makes you go, wow, this guy's a really good rebounder. But you look at it the other night, seven rebounds, all of them on the defensive glass. He was mm. so big because Tyrese is a little thicker. Uh, you know, his vertical jump is off the charts, and you know, a lot of times he's physical enough to where even if you try to put a body on him, he's gonna slip a guy and be there in the paint to grab a rebound. I thought his defensive rebounding. You know, normally when you think about getting stops, you think you get a block shot, you get a steal, whatever. A defensive stop is just eliminate the second chance opportunity by getting a rebound. That's that's what Tyrese did. He, DeSue, Dylan DeSue gets all the credit in the world, but credit Tyrese Hunter for those big rebounds he got in those spots. Yeah. Uh, somebody said RT shortened his bench. It felt like he overplayed the starters. We needed more Brock and Morris off the bench. That's why it was closer than it should have been. Uh you know, most most teams will tighten up the rotation anyway when the when you get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they both saw action, both uh, Morris and Cunningham, uh, in in the game. Some of that was also to balance out against matchup, and some of it uh, uh, had to um, balance out because of foul difficulties as well. Uh, female listener seventeen, did Brock play much against Pitt? You meant Penn State, I'm sure. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, he he was out there. I don't. I didn't see nine it. minutes. Nine minutes. He, he, he played, and Arterio played seven seven minutes in the game. So he did uh, shorten the rotation uh, a little bit off of that. But he's been going, you know, 8-9. But the, but the 8-9 guys have not been logging quite as many minutes as they were during the regular season. And that's a pretty common thing uh, to happen in the NCAA tournament. I don't know that that's necessarily – why it was closer when you look at the guys though that logged a lot of minutes you needed to play to sue uh which is why christian bishop only got nine minutes marcus carr at 39 mm-hmm. hunter at 35 jabari rice at 28 because of penn state's ability to spread the floor and shoot the three you needed your best on ball defenders out there yep. you're more a more athletic lineup and that's what you're going to get with having a more guard oriented lineup that's why it was it was definitely um, you know uh, much more that way. Uh, somebody else say Hunter will be too small against the big guards of Xavier. Uh, you might see more uh, Brock Cunningham, and you might see more of of Arteria Morris out there. But Tyrese Hunter has guarded big guards before, and he'll he'll be out there again. Yeah, you're not. I mean, he's gonna play. So you're not I don't... not gonna try to reinvent the wheel at this point. Uh, got to limit his minutes. Whose minutes? I think he's talking Hunters? about Tyrese. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I think it's. I think it depends on the matchups and what's going on and how the game is going. You can't just, you know, throw a, a uh, you know, a decision down and say, here's the edict. He's only going to play X number of minutes. A lot of it's going to be as the game flows, as it as it opens up. Yeah, we we've seen games this year where. You know, based on how things are going, and some of it's got to do with foul trouble. Yep. Uh, where we've seen we've seen Arterio Morris play more minutes. Yes. If if he's playing well on defense, I think you have to play him because we know the offensive upside he's got. But if he's right. if he's a willing, capable, and effective defender, then he warrants more time on the floor. And he didn't do anything. It wasn't that he was bad the other night. He had one of the few just out and out flubs. Was involved in one that they had where I think he. Th- Either he thought they were gonna, he was gonna switch with Jabari on the screen, yeah, or 
he was they weren't going to switch and he just didn't slip it or yep. whatever. And that was when I think it was Seth Lundy got a wide open look at a three yep. and hit it. Yep, absolutely. And we were Eddie and I were talking about that on the broadcast as well. That's that's a communication thing. Yeah, making sure that you're on the same page. On the ice cream man says, Texas fans, can we just celebrate our basketball team getting somewhere we haven't been in 15 years instead of criticizing RT or worrying about why players are switched shoes? Move on. You know, you know what, though? <laughs> I, I'll say this. Uh, Penn State, I, I really like their offensive versatility coming into the game. That's yeah. why when everybody was talking last week about A&M, I was like, Penn State concerns me a lot more than A&M, not just because of Jalen yeah. Pickett, but they're so right. versatile. They can do so many different things. And it's weird, but I know RT called them the best passing team, one of the best passing teams he's seen yeah. on film. That's not just because they're out there like the Harlem Globetrotters. It's it's because Pickett can play on the ball so much. It seemed like their offense, a good chunk of it in the second half when they made that run, it was Pickett either catching it in the post or driving it into the post, getting deep, drawing the defense in, and then kicking it out. Part of them being a great passing team, whether it's Funk or Lundy or whoever, those guys really understand where Pickett is and where their spot on the floor needs to be so he can kick the ball out and they can get a three. That's how Penn State, a lot of times, honestly, gets so many good looks at a three because everybody's focusing on Pickett. You get a drive and kick situation and those guys get open looks. That's how you end up shooting 39% and making 10.5 per game. Absolutely. Uh, somebody else said the, the lineup the texter mentioned when Brock and Arterio just wasn't producing like usual the other night, and I think RT recognized that. You adjust as the game goes along. I'll say that. Uh, RT, I don't think, gets enough. Zay and I have talked about it when I've been on with Chad and mm-hmm. Zay. Uh, RT, I don't think, gets enough credit for his feel for the game and how effective he's been more often than not putting the line, the right lineup on the field. Not saying that, or on the court, not saying that you know they haven't had situations where, okay, maybe should this guy have played more or whatever. Right. More often than not, though, when you look at the five they've got out there, based on the situation, RT more often than not has got the right five guys out there. Right. Uh, so it's in the immortal words of the great DKR, you dance with who brung you. Uh, so uh, how does Bishop match up with the Xavier big guys? Need him to score a little more, love his defensive effort. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see, and we'll talk more about that. Obviously, Dylan DeSue, a big, big part of that as well, and how Brock Cunningham, who's always played well against big guys here over these past couple of years, is going to have to do it. Remember how they defended uh, Drew Timmy uh, and Gonzaga and how they did against Creighton, two teams, by the way, that are headed for the uh, Sweet 16. I think, though, the, with those two specifically, go back and look at the Oklahoma State and the TCU games in the Big 12 tournament. That was the lineup where they played both of those guys together. Yeah. And you're not going to have – it's not like you're going to have that pairing on the court for 25 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, if you can get them through one of those four-minute games playing together, if you do need some size, it can work because we've seen it work. This text has to be from somebody using voice text to do it because it says, I really enjoy how Artie, A-R-T-I-E instead of R-T, I'm sure that the voice uh, yeah. thought it was Artie, Keeps it simple to go to the guy that's giving you the office. I'm sure meant offense, or make sure he's involved with the play, which led to cars. C A R S. <laughs> easy lay. It's easy layup. Easy layup. There. Sometimes that can be. Uh, that's a little jumbled. Yeah, but yeah. we get we get the. Gist and as Keith said, as one coach noted, the timeouts are so long for the commercials in the tournament. You don't need to give the starters as many breathers. Great job, Horns. That's true. It's in four-minute segments. Those are three-minute timeouts. There was one in the Arkansas-Kansas game. I could have sworn went for like six, seven minutes. I'm like, this is the longest media timeout in the history of basketball. I know the one you're talking about. 
it was a regular full timeout at the spot, and they had a review on top of it. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. okay. Which added, I think, an extra minute and a half. I think it wound up going four and a half minutes on that. So that does I know, mitigate longer it than three. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Speaking of Drew Timmy, as I was a moment ago, <laughs> if you stayed up late, late, late last night, you saw Gonzaga beat TCU, and then you heard something from Drew Timmy. I missed that game, but that was very much trending on the Twitter machine this morning. You'll hear it, well, sort of, at least in the cleaned up variety coming up next as part of Inconceivable with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Inconceivable this morning uh, includes a couple of things of the sporting variety. Hey, Craig, but, real quick, have you, uh, you being the seam head that you are, have you had a chance to watch? I know you've been busy watching the World Baseball Classic. You know what? Uh, Lynn and I went to went out to eat dinner uh, yesterday, and it was during it was like early dinner, so the Creighton Baylor game was on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I was interested in the Creighton Baylor game. And at the restaurant, they kept switching to the World Baseball Club. I was like, what are you switching? Oh, okay. All right, I'll watch this for a bit. So I said, what are you doing? Oh, wait, wait. Trout's at the plate. So, yeah, I've, I've, saw, I've seen some. Our good friend Gene Watson's been now. He's had a front row seat at it yeah. all the way through. This week, we're going to get a recap from him on that. Team USA in the semifinals for that. Um, the, there's a couple other items I want to get to and in conceive before we get to the uh, sporting items. Um, uh, I have an update on the big seaweed blob. Remember we talked about that? That's the big seaweed oh, blob yeah, that's yeah, heading yeah. toward Florida that's like bigger than the United States of America, uh, that sort of thing. It's twice the width of the continental U.S. And uh, they kind of updated the profile where it's headed. It's headed for the shores of Florida and other coastlines throughout the Gulf of Mexico. It'll threaten to dump the possibly harmful piles, definitely smelly across the beaches, and that's going to be during the tourism season. It's called sargassum, a specific variety of seaweed. They've had these large blooms, and scientists have been tracking these massive accumulations since 2011. Could be the largest ever, spanning more than 5,000 miles from the shores of Africa to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, And so, yeah, it's kind of nasty. Yes. So does that mean when we get to hurricane season, there's going to be a bunch of this stuff that washes up wherever a hurricane may hit? Yeah, it could. Uh-huh. Yeah. Could. Uh, the problems with it arise when it hits the beaches. It piles up in mounds that can be difficult to navigate and emits a gas that can smell like rotten eggs. Don't Ugh. we all? Uh, a sargassum can also Gross. quickly turn from an asset to a threat to ocean life. Because when it's in the ocean, it's a floating habitat. That provides protection for fishes, mammals, marine birds, crabs, and more, according to the Sargassum uh, Information Hub there. But once it hits the beaches, it's a problem. So, uh, yeah, it's taking a little more direct path toward Florida uh, right now. Um, Okay. Um, You heard me mention about the spring equinox or the vernal, V-E-R-N-A-L, equinox. And some people said that, you know, what exactly is that, and, and what does it mean? And it's going to hit, as I mentioned, 424 this afternoon here in Dallas. You're not going to notice anything. I mean, the skies aren't going to, like, 
turn green or something. Uh. Or any, no, there won't be won't be anything like that. Uh, in the northern hemisphere, it's going to feel like fall is in the air. So uh, you should know that. Okay, now a couple of sports items. One, you guys were just mentioned during the during the break, and I was going to get to it the other day. Didn't have time to do that. And that was during the World Baseball Classic. It, so you, you saw it yourself, did you not? Did I saw it on Twitter. Oh, really? Uh, what did you think of it? it? It's not the first time it's happened, right? There's been, what's the most famous celebration for an injury? Uh, Bill Grammatica is up there. Yeah. Uh, who, who was it? Was it was it Trout? No, who was it with the Angels that, that landing Kendrick on home Morales. plate? Morales. Yes. Yeah. Uh, broke a bone landing on home plate. Mm-hmm. There's been that. Um, it's the most Mets thing ever, right? They had a pretty good offseason, I think. They have a, a pretty good team. Dio mm-hmm. is coming off as one of the best closers yep. in baseball, and that happens. It's just it's the Mets. Who was it, Craig, in the in the 05 Texas National Championship in that dog pile? Was it Todd Gilfillan that took a cleat to the face, a spike uh, to the face? Might have. I was thinking it might have been Buck Cody. Somebody took a cleat to the face in yeah. that dog pile. Somebody did. Just a good scratch right yeah. across the face there. So it could happen in the joy of celebration. So I would just say be careful, you know, uh, if if you're doing that. Stoner says, pretty sure Craig just likes saying sargasm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Sargasm <laughs> is on Urban Dictionary if you need it. Yeah. Uh, so I said... Uh, uh, hey, sargasm helps rebuild the dune line and the beaches, in, which in turn reduces the effects of coastal flooding. True. Big Crip fan. That's true. Uh, somebody said, I don't know what people are complaining about. Sounds like a normal day at a Galveston <laughs> beach. Yeah. Uh, it is, as I pointed out, excellent to fish out in the Gulf for marlin and various types of tuna mahi. Bonita uh, fish? Yeah. Uh, or Benita fish? Yeah. yeah. And then somebody said, who was the player that pulled a hamstring walking up the stairs from the dugout? Yeah, that's happened before. If you go way on back. Sammy Sosa once threw out a rib uh, sneezing too hard. Uh, there was uh, the one guy that thought he was being attacked by spiders in a dream and like threw out his shoulder or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot he played for the Indians. And then, of course, the famous one, and I was at this luncheon. The welcome home luncheon for the Rangers where Odeby McDowell sliced open his finger <laughs> putting butter on a roll. Did. Had to go on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the the best one, though, of all of them is the Brewers one year were having team photo day. They gave Richie Sexton a hat that was too small. Yeah. And he strained a muscle in his neck trying to force the hat ah, on his head. Yikes. Yeah. Somebody did point It was Todd Gilfilling. Uh, uh, but Cody jumped over the pile entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so this happened last night. TCU and Oral Roberts. Not Oral Roberts. I was looking at something there. TCU and Gonzaga. So uh, TCU's playing Gonzaga. Good ball game. TCU led a lot of the game. Gonzaga turned it on down in the stretch in the final 10 minutes. Drew Timmy at a monster game. Uh, There's some who theorized maybe if Eddie Lampkin had stayed with the Horn Frogs, maybe they could, he could have helped stem the tide. I don't know. Uh, Drew Timmy was pretty unstoppable, but wound up with 28 points in the ballgame. And so afterwards, he comes over to visit with Andy Katz. 
And Andy Katz seems almost as excited to talk to to uh, Drew Timmy as Drew Timmy is to talk to him because they did it a year ago. Same deal, big second half to carry Gonzaga to their eighth straight Sweet 16. And this happened on national television. Well, uh, you know, uh, before they announced our starting lineup at home, I was like, in seven straight Sweet 16s, I'm like, we could not be the team that one of so just to get it done and not fall under that hypnotoads genjutsu or whatever it is feels good man but they're a hell of a team and yeah uh let's hear that again he says we cannot be the team that and the bleep part wasn't on national television in seven straight sweet 16s i'm like we could not be the team that one of yeah he actually said it with the f-bomb i was like what and then rolled it back and there it was. And then he went on to talk about the whole hypnotoad thing. Yeah. He, he, he thought it was a lot of psychobabble. Some, there was, I saw a clip, too. Somebody picked up someone on the court uh, the courtside mic and it was kind of quiet. I think they were, somebody was going to the foul line and they heard somebody pick up yelling at Drew Timmy, you've been in college for six years, bro. <laughs> what will they say to Brock Cunningham next year? Well, that, that will be a factual statement about yeah, Brock when yeah. it gets said. A- absolutely. Hey, by the way, real quick, uh, Sammy Sosa's injury was a back injury. He hurt his back while sneezing. Yeah. And uh, Glenn Allen Hill was Glenn the, Allen with Hill the with the spider. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ted Ginn Jr. was the one that I remembered celebrating the touchdown in the end zone. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Mark Rippon, concussion. Head, Gus, head, Gus but, Farratt. That was Gus, Gus Farratt. Farratt. You're yes. right. Gus Farratt headbutting the goalpost <laughs> just because it had a pad on no, it. No, no, no. It was the uh, the padding oh, the, around. The, yeah. the wall. He ran for a Up touchdown. to the wall. Yeah, went to the corner of the end zone and like headbutted but the, the wall. Yeah. In in the padded area, but still, it's a wall. <laughs> it's a wall. Yes. Gus Farratt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. All right. There it is. Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's doing... Guy things. Hey, that's one of those. Uh, it's a. It's tricky to tell sometimes with those walls. It's one of the most uh, things people like. People don't know about like an outfield wall in baseball. That thing might look like it's cushy. It's not comfortable no, it's to not. run into. It's not. How about yesterday in the Longhorn baseball game, the left fielder on on the Hummer. Uh, Hummer. In fact, I'm going to send you the highlight call of that, where the outfielder went through the wall, that open door gate thing in oh, left field yeah. for New Orleans. I'll, I'll let you hear my highlight call of that uh, uh, coming out. They got it somewhere sent to me uh, by Cole Dixon yesterday, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll forward it to you, Cam. A uh, little highlight montage of Dylan DeSue's big performance on Saturday night coming up as we launch hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn 1049, 1019, AM twelve sixty, where we're always live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.